gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back, good people. We are in the building. Special guest today, Mr. Christopher Plowman, CEO of Insight Timer, which is an app that melds uh, meditation and tech in one. He's got over 2 million users so far, um, 50,000 hours of meditations per day, which is amazing. And he came from more of a traditional business world, was uh, CEO for over 10 years of uh, one of the largest uh, wholesale ticket distributors in Australia, Last Ticks, and sort of had an epiphany at some point and said, you know what, I'm making all this money, but I want to do something that uh, has a little bit more impact, a little bit more world impact. Chris, welcome. Thanks for having me, CQ. It's good to be here. Excellent, excellent. You are in uh, the Eiffel State. You're in Paris. I am. It's a sunny day today, which is unusual. I just moved here a couple of weeks ago from... Uh, Bali, Indonesia, where I was for five years. So it's a big change, but I'm enjoying it. You've had a couple big changes. I mean, to go from Australia to Bali, that's a like you know, that's a a huge one. And then from Bali to Paris, (laughs) wow. Yeah, I think the move to Bali from Australia at the time felt like a big move. Yeah, but it doesn't compare to the move from Bali to Paris. Uh, Paris is a great city and we've got lots of family and friends here, but it's okay. we kind of moved from a nice, big, easy lifestyle in Bali to a, to a small apartment in Paris. Yeah. So it's been an interesting transition. Yeah, yeah. And, and all through the way, the meditation keeping you balanced, focused. <laughs> uh, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it. I'm not sure it's keeping me balanced, but uh, it's 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 keeping me more balanced. But it's obviously yeah. it's something you need to do daily. Yeah, and it takes a long time to prove itself. But um, yes, I'm definitely doing it daily. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's. We'll talk about it later. I, I mentioned to you off mic that that's something. It's something I've uh, been doing for, whew, probably maybe four or five years now, consistently. And it's definitely made a big a big difference for me. Uh, so we'll get a little bit into it in terms of the the benefits and why people should do it, and you know why you think it's is a, a, a resurgence happening um, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. There it is. I don't want to say that's who popularized it, but that's where you know when you think of like vegans and and people meditating, <laughs> it's Silicon Valley. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. For those uh, who haven't listened to the show before, uh, the premise of the truth prescription is that all individuals, no matter their, all successful individuals, excuse me, no matter their industry, have had to go through and deal with certain truths. And it was accepting those truths that actually helped them to break past barriers and, and become more successful. So, Christopher, you want to tell us, we usually do a personal and a professional. Can you tell us, you can start with either one, uh, a story in your own experience, in your rise, you know, from 
um, where where you started to where you are now, um, a uh, maybe a truth uh, a truth story or a, a truth that you uh, gleaned or that you gained over the time period that has helped you to become uh, successful in terms of where you are now. I'm a Virgo, which means I'm a bit left and right brain, so yeah. I'm often arguing with myself. It's <laughs> a little bit tiring. Uh, and a thought popped into my head, okay. um, professionally speaking, um, which I then contradicted in my head, and I'll talk about both of those things. But I actually right. sort of thought the truth, the truth that I've come to learn as I get older, I'm 43 now, I've run okay. four or five businesses. Wow. Is that if you just if you just chase the money, mm. you kind of don't get there because mm. it's not rewarding. It's not something that you can be wholly passionate about. Yeah. Um, and if you kind of let go of that, success in other forms seems to evolve somehow. The contradiction that jumped into my head when I said that was there are lots of bankers out there that have no other purpose than to actually <laughs> amass as much personal wealth as they possibly can. Right, but the crit- the critical part, what you said is whether they're happy or whether they're passionate about it, that's different, right? Because you can acquire tons of wealth and, you know, be angry and mad and, you know, sick and and all those other things. But I think what you're talking about is sort of uh, not ignoring it, but following what excites you, following that and where, you know, if if you can match your passion and your, you know, uh, and a business idea that that probably will help you, um, that probably will make you the most um, personally satisfied in the long run. Yeah, and it's this sort of concept that I've been thinking about a bit, actually, maybe for about twelve months now. Okay. I, I guess as a as a young twenty five, thirty year old, and I'm sorry, I'm speaking slowly here because I'm take just your time, to take your time. All this, but I think I had a very defensive approach in many areas of my life, okay. which was sort of to take a defense position. And actually what I've realized as I get older is that flow, generosity is circular. Mm. And instead of taking a sort of a, when I say defense, I don't mean the opposite of offense. I just mean taking a closed view, sort yeah. of a hoarding view and a, <laughs> and a collect as much as you can type view at the sure. expense of others. Kind of nature doesn't support it. Yeah, you know, and that actually generosity and being open to giving actually results in sort of a a transaction of sorts. Mm. Actually, yeah, um, and it's not something you can articulate. I remember I went to a um, there's a great Ayurvedic retreat in Bali called Sukhavati, um, run by a good friend of mine, um, and there's an Indian doctor there. And I try and get there once a year to, you know. Is he a medical doctor or a spiritual doctor? No, he's an Ayurvedic doctor. Ayurvedic so doctor, okay. You could argue, depending whether you're a Western or Eastern influenced, yeah. that he's scientific or spiritual, it's just or alternative, you know. It depends how you were raised, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's not something that I would have understood three years ago. <laughs> and he said to me, um, I'll do it without the accent, but he said to me, Christopher, if you want to get your health back in really good shape. He says, you need to be generous with your money. Mm. He says that there's, there's an unwritten law of the universe that says that these are things are inextricably linked. And I just remember thinking at the time that that was quite an interesting view, something that I'd never considered. Right. Um, 
And so that's really, I guess, a truth that I've – it probably actually allows me to kind of answer the, the professional and the personal, and the personal. In the same breath. Right. Because I'm one of those people where my work and my personal life is, is so deeply entwined, yeah. which I'm very thankful for. Um, I think there's that great Chinese diagram or chart or whatever it is which um, says that – maybe it's Japanese, but real harmony – sits you know they put those three circles together and it's got work life and purpose and yeah professional life and if you can actually get something that intersects all three that's a harmonious life yeah um anyway I, i'm I'm not sure if i've answered your question at all so you but no absolutely you have no you have i think it's i think it's important um to uncover and discover the idea of you know, following your passion, particularly for somebody like you who's, you know, who's been successful. Like you said, you run four or five businesses and you probably, I mean, I don't know what your finances are, but whatever you're making now, maybe it wasn't what you were making before, but it seems like in terms of your internal wealth that you feel very fulfilled now doing this um, than, than, you know, maybe in the past. Yes. And I just like to clarify something. Um, I didn't necessarily make a huge amount of wealth in my last company, it, it is a successful company, um, but I wouldn't like to give anyone the impression that I'm sort of <laughs> independently wealthy. Right. I lead a very good life, yeah. you know, comparatively speaking. Sure. You know, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to leave tickets, last ticks, that business about five years ago and move to Bali. And I was still involved in it. Actually, I would commute from Bali back to Sydney every fortnight. Right, as chairman. That's correct. So I was I founded the company with a friend of mine. We spent about ten years um, really fighting tooth and nail to keep it alive. Um, and in the end, um, we we managed to make it profitable and quite comfortably profitable. Um, and so that was a really nice moment. So I'll never forget the month where we made more money in a single thirty day period than we spent. <laughs> wow. so that was exciting. Yeah. Um, but it just got to the point where um, it didn't really, you know. So we moved to a point when a company gets profitable, you move to a point where, you know, your investors and your board and the team all starts talking about increasing margins and refining processes and all this sort of stuff. And it's kind of like the battle is done. You know, there's it's creative, I guess, for accountants and different types of people. But for me... It wasn't the sort of creativity that I was interested in because it was just about making more money. Right. Um, right. And so I just didn't want to do it anymore. And it's not that I left to do Insight Timer. I just decided there was no attraction there anymore. Um, so I, the person that had worked with me for 10 years, my COO, a wonderful Irish woman by the name of Sheila, um, I asked her to become the CEO, and I stepped away operationally from it. Okay, and moved to Bali. And Last Ticks is still going and selling yeah. tickets and doing well, and the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's a great business, and you know, and it's we've now bought other companies in the same space, and we've Good. sort of grown. And um, I'm still the chairman of the company, if you like, but okay. I'm just not. I'm just my headspace is not in that anymore. Right. Um, can't sort of say it any more bluntly than that. I hope all I hope all the shareholders and investors of the company understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I I heard you in another interview talk about how with um, 
you know, inside timer, which we're going to get to, you don't, uh, you don't have a marketing company. You don't have a, a PR company. You guys don't email people like, Hey, take this. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of in, in its purest form, a community that's developed based on the fact that, listen, this is something that's out there in the world. You know, meditation has been around for thousands of years. So it's, it's, you know, in quotations, it's free. Um, and it's not something that you that you wanted to quote sell and and try to push on people, but I think it's the community that's developed around it that's is the real value, uh, the real value to talk business terms, the real value proposition um, that that you're giving the uh, the user. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go and read a book, a one hundred and one on how to build a business, we are the exact opposite of <laughs> of how you would traditionally grow a company, right? I mean, we are. I can't think of another word, but in our essence, we're just, we're still, we don't do anything except um, build more product updates. We just try and make the product better. Yeah. Um, we don't have a PR team. We don't have, we don't spend money on advertising. We've never spent any money on advertising. <laughs> um, and most people don't really, I like to say that Insight Time is the biggest meditation app that you've never heard of <laughs> because in actual fact, I think since that last interview you're talking about, we had two. We now have about two point six, two point seven million users. Wow! I think this week more than sixty thousand people in the last seven days have signed up to Insight Timer. Wow! Um, including me, <laughs> I signed including up. You. I signed up last night. <laughs> and actually, what's interesting is Headspace, which is huge in terms of public perception about meditation. Yeah. They put out a press release a couple of months ago and said they've just did 180,000 hours of meditation in a single week. Mm. I was curious, so I went and looked at our engine and actually discovered that we'd done more than double the amount of time and meditation on our app. Right. You know, so something's definitely going on inside the Insight Timer community. It's all yeah. organic growth. And you're right, we never send an email. We've never sent a single email to a user, yeah, ever. That's great. And it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's really what I was getting to earlier on when I was talking about, you know, the professional truth, which is, of course, we want to build Insight Timer into a vibrant, sustainable, successful company, but that's not our primary focus. What we're trying to do actually is two things. One is we're trying to actually provide a counter offer to all of those meditation apps out there that sort of tell you that they're free and then they hit you up for a couple hundred bucks a year. Right. Um, that's not what we're about. We believe deeply that everyone, regardless of whether they have money or not, should have access to a meaningful daily meditation practice for free. Um, and so that's really the, the primary focus here. Okay. Um, and the second thing we want to do is we want to give meditation teachers the ability to actually do this full time, which means we want them to actually be able to earn a genuine income um, through Insight Timer. And, of course, these two things are contradictory. How do you make money for teachers while you're offering a meditation platform for free? Um, <laughs> and therein lies, for us, the really interesting commercial challenge because we're right. committed to both those two things, and that's what we're trying to do. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's always tough to sort of meld. Uh, you're basically trying to provide people with a service, um, make it profitable, but not have them, char you know, not have them be charged for it. 
So it's uh, right, it's, and so it's tough. what you know, what Facebook and Instagram do is they let you use it for free, but then they sell you to a whole bunch of advertisers. Right, right. right. To us, it's just the antithesis. I, mean, I just makes my toes curl when I think about it. Yeah. Um, um, and we've actually, I think, come up with a really interesting way of doing it, which is, you know, we've got the largest free catalog of guided meditations on the planet. We have about 7,000 guided meditations from the mm-hmm. best 1,000 teachers on the planet. Yeah. Um, but what we're doing now is we're introducing optional things um, that you can purchase but that you don't have to, right? So teachers have a lot of amazing courses. Right. So soon we'll be launching 10 and 30-day courses. Okay. Um, and if you don't want to do a course, you can still jump on the app. We hope you still jump on the app every day and meditate. Right. Right. Um, so we're building things around the core meditation offering that we hope will be enough to ensure teachers make genuine income, and we also would make a commission on that. But we won't compromise on our commitment to building the best meditation app you can find. Right. And not only that, but it'll be free as well. That's what we're sort of trying to do. One of the other things I liked about the app was that the teachers get uh, ratings, and so you, you as the uh, the, the CEO and the, and the folks that work for you, don't have to do a lot of curating, because if somebody is, you know, if the teachings are not, uh, uh, if people aren't relating to the teachings, then they just get really bad ratings and sort of fall to the bottom of the list. And some of the the better teachers will be sort of at the top of the list. So it's almost like a self uh, self fulfilling or self promoting uh, situation, uh, and it's good. It's good because one of the things I was thinking about was. You know, well, there's such and such. How do I know they're even a real teacher? I don't. I mean, I could put on a hat and you know hum and you know call myself a teacher, but am I really a teacher? And I think when people will tr- start to truly relate, and when thousands of people st- truly start to relate to several individuals, then it becomes clear that um, that person probably is making a connection. Well, I mean, there's a lot in that sentence. I'll try and unpack a few key points. The first one I make <laughs> is which is what I love about Insight Time, is um, you often find teachers in the most unexpected places, right? I'm, I'm not sure who that quote comes from. I won't claim it as my own. Um, someone told me that once about my son, uh, mm. who's only 10. Yeah. But he's a, he's a great teacher of mine. He doesn't know he is. <laughs> he just, um, and so what we've actually found is, um, especially now that we've got almost 3 million users on the app, um, is that there aren't really bad teachers and good teachers. There are just teachers that you connect with or you don't. Okay. Um, the, the rating system um, isn't designed to sort of classify teachers um, because what we do is we wrap the rating system around community so you're friends with other people on the, on the app as well. Got it. And so <clears throat> you'll see a rating from your friends first on the app. And so that gives you an indication of people you already know, um, often whose, you know, tastes and, and, and opinions you share. Um, that's really what it's designed to do. It's designed to, to because there are 1,400 teachers and soon there'll be three wow. or 4,000 teachers. Wow. Um, so it's not a classification, you know, it comes across as a classification system, but really it just enables people to quickly find someone that might resonate with them more. Okay. Um, I think we have... 180 musicians on the website. So some mm. people like Islamic music, other people like kirtan and chanting. Someone might like binaural beats. 
um, there's just such diversity there that without a rating system, um, you know, it does make it hard. And a rating yeah. system does, as you, as you said, it naturally ensures that the stuff that's more relevant to you right. sort of bubbles to the top and the stuff that's less relevant to you might b- sort of filter to the bottom. Sure. But for someone else, they'll get a very different very different view. Sure. Let, let me ask you, in your, in your opinion, why do you think the Insight Timer app uh, works? Why, why it's been successful? Why, why are you continuing to get new users uh, every month? What, what do you think is working? Um, I think it's a, f- a couple of things. Um, I hope I don't take too long to answer this one because this no, is key. Take your time. Take right? your time. Take well, your time. This is kind of, you know, why is Insight Timer different? Um, in the states, the preachers, the preachers, when the preachers are up there speaking, the people tell them, "Take your time, brother. Take your time." So take your time. Okay, good. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, the first one to me is a simple one, right? Which is pretty much all the meditation apps out there, apart from Insight Timer. Um, I'm not going to say it's, it's dishonest because that would be too harsh, but <laughs> essentially, they they pitch themselves as a free meditation platform and they're sure. anything but, right? right. It's like, the, right. It's like the, the iceberg. Right. The top 5% is free. But just as you get the hang of it, they're hitting you up for a credit card, right? right? right. Now, there's nothing wrong with that per se, commercially speaking. Um, but what happens is a very big conundrum arrives very quickly because if you're a meditation app, that's built an infrastructure and a cost base which depends on your users coming back and meditating every day, a problem arises because one thing happens. If that user doesn't meditate anymore, you don't get paid. Right. Now, the whole idea about meditation, right, is that we are releasing ourselves from attachment, from anxiety, and from getting harassed (laughs) <laughs> by external parties, right? So all of a sudden I find myself inside an app and I'm getting pinged all the time to say, hey, you haven't come and meditated today. <laughs> and it's just not right because yeah. they're not asking you to come and meditate to meditate. They're asking you to come and meditate so they can bank the 20 bucks that month, right? right? Right. And we don't do that, you know, because we don't make money if you come and meditate on our app or not. Yeah. Right? We just offer it for free. And so you don't get emails from us. You know, I mean, you see those emails that come out at Christmas time from lots of different meditation apps which say things like, get happy for 50 cents this Christmas, you know, or <laughs> gift the gift of consciousness to your mum and stuff or discounted two for one. You just get all this marketing and sales pitchy stuff around meditation. And right. meditation shouldn't be that. Yeah. Right. So Insight Timer, I believe, has a huge amount of trust and credibility with our community because they know we don't do that. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, obviously, is it's free, right? So there's yeah. no pressure to come and commit financially to use us. You can jump on. You can see stuff that's good for beginners. You'll find yourself interacting with five or six different teachers, and you'll think, oh, I like that teacher, and, you know, they've got – 20 guided meditations up there. They might deal with sleep or anxiety or body image or addiction or recovery or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's a very gentle on-ramp into Insight Timer, right? You're not getting pinged all the time saying, buy this, do that, sign up. 
Um, it's just a very gentle onboarding process. And the other thing, which I actually think is the primary reason, is because a lot of the other meditation apps are very commercially focused, they need to get into corporations and educational institutions, right? Because that's where you get the big sort of the big sales. And of course, one thing gets stripped out of products that need to be sold into corporates. I'm not sure if you know what it is, but it's spirituality, right? Religion, mm-hmm. church and state separation, sure, right? Sure. And so what's happened is, is you know, human beings are inherently spiritual entities, right? Meditation is about contemplation, focusing on self, exploring your spirituality, um, achieving happiness. And, of course, you can't do these things if you deny the fact that you're a spiritual being. That's true. That's true. Right? I never thought about that. Yeah. And so uh, we get so many people that come to Insight Timer and said, I used this app or that app and I did it for a year and I understand now how to meditate, but I don't feel any better. <laughs> right? Something's still missing. Yeah. What is it? Right? And I honestly, I think I know what it is. I think it's the fact that all of these apps are very polished. They're very snackable. They're very lots of fancy animations and icons and all this sort of stuff. But there's all the spirituality has been ripped out. If you come onto our site, right, we've actually broken down all 7,000 guided meditations based on their origin. So we have stuff that has a Christian influence, an Islamic influence, a, a Hindu influence or a Shinto or a Bhakti faith or a Confucianism. We've actually celebrated the fact that all of these teachings have a different origin um, and people resonate with it. So these are the three things I think. We don't harass you because we don't charge you. Right. Um, And and also because we're free, it's a soft on-ramp. And thirdly, actually, we... We've put sort of spirituality at the centre of our experience because we think it's the centre of who we are as individuals. Okay. Um, you know, it's just one of those apps where you jump on. I think Insight Time is probably one of the only apps. Um, in fact, there's a there's a there's a website called TimeWellSpent.io that just did some research of two hundred thousand people, and Insight Timer was rated by ninety nine percent of respondents as one of the happiest apps. Uh, are going around, right? And we actually, of all apps that were rated highly, um, we our app had the largest amount of time per day that people spend on the app, 20 minutes average, right? Most of them were at three minutes or five minutes. Yeah. Um, So that's what it is, you know? There's no bargain with us. There's no transaction. There's no deal. There will be at some point in the future optional things. Right. But... It's just a big town hall yeah. Um, where everyone's welcome. That's interesting. I saw, you know, based on what you said, I sort of have two questions. Um, the first one is I know that it's free right now. I also know based on uh, another interview you did that it cost about two and a half million a month, uh, uh, a year, excuse me, to yeah. to keep the app up and running. And you're able to do that by... Uh, you know, uh, donate generate. You know, generous. Uh, I won't even say donations, but just good, good fundraising from people that support you. Yeah. Um, how far out are you away from you know making it, uh, making it, trying to put in those things to make it a little more profitable? 
And then the second question is, you know, you guys are lifting some heavy weight here with uh, this number of users, and I'm sure there's been some uh, positive or negative feedback from your competition in the space. So, what? Just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, for my business people that are listening, um, what what type of uh, interactions have you had with some of the other uh, app app makers and developers that might be uh, uh, interesting uh, fodder for. Uh, you know, people that are, are trying to uh, be app developers and or just just general um, business owners. Okay, okay. So that's another interesting question. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll answer the first bit first. Okay. Um. So the truth is, we 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 don't have enough money in the bank in order to get us to a sustainable position. Okay. But we always knew that would be the case. Um. Um. And the people who are currently sort of paying the bills for us, uh, always knew that we would need to continue to raise money um, in order to sustain it. Um, but we have been now working for about 18 months on what we didn't want to do is rush into our community and just start selling stuff left, right and centre. Right. Because as I said, you know, it's that, that other great quote, which it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to kill one. Mm. Um, mm. One thing that we will not do is we will not introduce monetization onto our app at the expense of sort of the trust that we've built with our community and the yeah. spiritual nature of our community. Yeah. So it took us a long time and we spent we spent 18 months talking to our teachers, all 1,400 of them, which is how can we do this? And in the end, we've come up with three ideas, okay. which I, I'm quite excited about. And so they're going to start rolling out over the next two or three months, and it will probably take us about a year before they're all rolled out fully. Got it. And then it'll probably take us about another year <laughs> while we're sort of while they start to get hold before the money that they earn for the teachers and the small commission that we get off the money that the teachers earn is more than that two point five million right. a year that we cost. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> So I'm simplifying it, but that's, sure. you know, that's that's the way it is. Um, the second question um, about other apps, you know. Because you're a threat now, you know, you're a threat in the space. Well, I, okay. I mean, I really, I'd like to, I'd like to sort of dismantle that language a little bit. Okay. Um, because I spent 10 years um, in a very defensive, competitive mode in my ticketing company. Right. Right? It was dog-eat-dog, dog, you know. Oh, and I can imagine, yeah. And there were big companies that didn't like the fact that we were an upstart with a different model and one company, actually the biggest ticketing company in Australia, a company called Ticketech, um, did some things to us when we first launched that made it very difficult for us to to get the company off the ground, and we ended up complaining to the ACCC, which is the Australian Consumer Competition Commission. Sure. Um, and two years later, they found in our favour, and Ticketek was fined, and that was then what allowed us to finally grow our company. But it was all just, <laughs> let's all bash each other up um, <laughs> for a piece of the pie, right? And that was the one thing that really attracted me to this when I finally decided with Nico that we were going to get back into startup space. The one because I didn't really have to get back into running a startup again. Sure. The one thing that it sort of um, t- 
turned it for Nico and I was the fact that we thought, well, at least this is not going to be like that because we're all just trying to get people to meditate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, and right. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and I have met, I have to say, in the three years that I've been working at Insight Timer, sort of far many more interesting, compassionate people than I met in 15 years in the ticketing space, right? I've really met some amazing people in this space. And there are many apps out there. I think there's now 1,800 meditation apps on the App Store, right? Right. Um, and there are some great people doing some great things. Buddhify, for example, is a great meditation app um, uh, run by some great people. Um, and I certainly don't consider us competitive to an app like Buddhify because their intentions are pure. Got it. Right? Um, what did surprise me, actually, is that uh, there are a couple. <laughs> of, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, be careful of my language. Sure. There are a couple. You don't, you, don't have to name, you don't have to name them, just, you know. No, no, look, I, I won't. I would never do that. But, yeah. for example, we are, we are, there is a particular app out there who is asking people to work with them and they're making people sign contracts that say if you work with us, you are never allowed to work with Insight Timer. Wow. Uh, Interesting. Uh, there's another company that's offering meditation teachers financial incentives and there's a clause in that agreement which says you're not even allowed to speak favourably about insight time <laughs> on social media. Um, and part of me initially thought, I don't want to talk about this publicly because I don't want, you know, it's that great Hillary Clinton quote, or maybe it comes from someone else, but, you know, when they go low, we go high. Right. I've always found that quote a little bit sort of self-serving, to be honest. Um, it actually came I, from uh, Michelle Obama. Okay. Yeah. All right. And she, and, she, and she used it. And that's, and that's an even better source because <laughs> the, the Obamas, I have to say, are I'm a very big fan of both of them. Um, um, but I think it's important, actually, that we don't allow some of this behavior to get swept under the rug, you know, just because I meditate and just because I want to provide a free meditation offering to the world doesn't mean that I won't stand up and speak when I feel like I won't name, but I will speak yeah. when you have brands out there that pitch themselves as altruistic and, and you know, happy, clappy, but in actual fact they're private commercial actions are deeply inconsistent with that right. public persona. Right. Um, right. And so I'm talking. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> good, good, good. No, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think um, – I don't know if this is a true statement, but I feel like the average consumer is just not aware of the level of greed that's involved in business. And, um, you know, a lot of the best, a lot of the most famous brands, we're not even talking about apps, you know, uh, meditation apps, but some of the best brands that maybe in their mind connote, as you say, altruism and, um, uh, you know, for the people. And, you know, we're, we're all here for you and the customer's always right or really... You know, it, it's really, this is really a capitalistic uh, well, entity so, uh, whose well, aim is to make, you know, to make make money. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this is actually probably for me the most interesting 
part of you know obviously the truth prescription is is what your podcast is about right but right. let's just talk about greed for a second sure. right because greed is often the big killer um, <laughs> greed um, is good and, and and I know this because I built a company before I did my tickets company it was an astrology website and some guy came along one day and offered us a, a silly sum of money for it because it was um, it was in the internet boom days, yeah. and I told him he was crazy and it was far too cheap. And obviously, um, you know, six weeks later, the tech wreck happened, and the, I closed the company seven weeks later. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so I know just how much greed can hurt. Right. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure that people, most people, I'm excusing perhaps some financial sector companies here, but yeah. let's just take Facebook for a second. Sure. Right? And let's let's talk about specifically Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, right? So Mark Zuckerberg essentially kind of defines the era of the internet, right? At least the social sure. era of the Def- internet. Definitely. Um, you know, there was kind of Bill Gates and then there was Steve Jobs and then the the Google guys got their heads up a little bit for a while, um, and now there's obviously Jeff Bezos, obviously um, Bill Gates at Microsoft. Um, but really, you know, marks this sort of uh, – I can't find the language for it, right? Um, but he defines really the millennial social evolution of the internet, right? And he's worth $70 billion or whatever. Now – Mark didn't really set out to do that, right? Mark set out to build something called the Facebook, which was a place for Harvard dorm students to share information, right? Right. right. But this is what happens, right? You know, um, people can start out with the best intentions mm-hmm. and initially, and I know this from my own experience, right, it's just desperation that you want to make money because you've yeah. got to pay the electricity bill Bills, this month, yeah. right? And, right. you know... There were times in my previous companies where my wife <laughs> would earn $300 a week working as a shop assistant in an Oxford Street in Sydney and, like, we lived off that, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I'd go around to my mum and borrow money to buy food because yeah. we were, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that my mother comes from a, uh, a well-to-do family, if you like. Sure, so sure. I was never worried that I was going to be on the street, obviously, but I didn't have enough money to pay my way, right? Um. And so I understand why people are out there when they first start and they're really, it's cutthroat. I get it. It's survival. It's not greed. It doesn't start out as greed. Yeah. But then what happens is um, um, Rupert Murdoch, by the way, is the exception to this rule, but we'll talk about that later, right? (laughs) Um, So then you get someone like Mark Zuckerberg who suddenly finds himself holding on to the tail of this 747 that's going so fast. He just, it's something that he never expected, right? And this is when I think really truths become essential because there was a couple of points in the evolution of Facebook, I think, where they actually made some moral decisions that kind of, I think, mean now that the core of Facebook is quite rotten. Mm. And I know that's a big statement, but, you know, Scott Galloway, that very interesting 
uh, American who does a lot of sort of commenting on internet and advertising and marketing um, called it the biggest bait and switch of our time. So what Facebook did is they told a whole lot of small businesses all around the world for three years that they should try and get as many people to follow their businesses on Facebook as they could. And I was one of them. Yeah. At, at, in my ticketing company, we spent a lot of money trying to get people to follow us on Facebook because it meant we didn't have to send them letters. We didn't have to email them. All of a sudden, we, and we were told that that would always be free. Mm. And then one day, lo and behold, mm. once all of the small businesses around the planet had, had given their users over to Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg put a big fat credit card between me and my customers would and you, said, if you, want to, wow. if, 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 if you want to contact your customers now, you have to pay me. What you have been interacting with for these three years anyway. Right. Right. Wow. And what that's, they do then is that, and it was the biggest bait and switch of our time. And, you know, it's a bit like no one got arrested um, when the big financial crash happened because it's kind of hard to sort of actually find a law that was broken. Um, there was a whole lot of moral laws that were broken. Sure. But you can't really say to Facebook, well, to, to, to Facebook, well, you broke this law. Um, but... You know, moral fiber was was torn apart, I believe. And the worst part now is Facebook is enormously greedy and they are a real threat, I believe, to a free internet. Um, wow. And it really pains me when I hear people like Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook people talking about the fact that their true mission is to connect people because actually that's not their true mission. Mm. Their true mission is to connect people exclusively through their platform. Mm. And what they do is... They <laughs> Talk about you, it, Christopher. Talk about it. Talk the truth. Oh, well, man, Speak you told the me truth. To, you told me to, to be honest, right? I get passionate about it, man, yeah. because my son's 10, my daughter's 6, yeah. and I don't want them at 18 years old having to pay a toll to go through Mark Zuckerberg's platform to have an opinion. And yeah. I don't want a Facebook algorithm to tell my son what he should think because yeah. he's been confronted with some algorithm, right? Wow. Wow. So I get awfully frustrated about this, as you might very well know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listeners, it, listeners can't see your face, but I can. I, I see the focus. <laughs> I see the focus and intensity and intensity. <laughs> if no one says it, they get away with it. Yeah, sure. Right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I can sit here and it sounds like I'm an angry middle-aged man. I'm not. I just think that <laughs> there's not many people my age. Um, there's lots of millennials and there's, there's not many people, I guess, who spend, who, who first of all have been around the internet for as long as I have. <laughs> um, who've actually seen the development of this and who's still interested in this, right? And, of course, I'm interested in this because I happen to have a platform of, Three million meditators, um, um, and so I'm interested in the dynamics of platform, community, sort of, you know, how do you manage a community, and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but this, I do think, is a real problem nowadays. Is these companies are, are so big, they have so many people in their PR departments, and they are famous at the half sentence. So they'll tell you the half sentence which is true mm. but they don't tell you the second part of the sentence which is provided you actually do everything under our control and we get paid on the way mm. um yeah 
Now that was a big segue from what's the meditation space like, but no, yeah. I mean, but it, it it makes. I mean, it 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 relates though. It relates. It relates. I think you know you kind of what you because Facebook sort of is the is the is the bully in the room, and they set the tone for a lot that goes on. So I think that um, you know, in healthcare, it's you know whatever the typically whatever the uh, government Medicare Medicaid whatever laws they put in place soon after the private companies start doing the same thing, no matter how ethical or not ethical it is. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's similar. I mean, they're a big player in the internet uh, landscape. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think, and, it, was, I think and, it was relevant. So, yeah, so my, my only point is, is I don't think people start out greedy. I think they start out with an idea, with a passion. They're very sort of competitive initially because they've got to get their company to break even. And when that happens that's when the truths become relevant, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm never critical of someone who's trying to get a business up and running who's making cutthroat commercial decisions because they're just trying to survive. Yeah. Um, but if you're worth $60 billion right. and your company's spitting out $5 billion in profit every three months <laughs> um, and you're trying to offer free internet to India on the condition, however, that they're only allowed to access your Facebook platform, it's not really free internet. It's, there's a toll attached, sure. and uh, and I've said my piece. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think uh, this is a good a good place to segue over to uh, yes or BS. I, I did have another question, but I, I think I want to leave it there. That, that was a good. Okay. That was a good. That was a good. Uh, a good segment. All okay. right. So yes or BS. Uh, I'm going to make a statement, yep. and you are going to say if you agree with it. AKA, yep. AKA yes, or you think yeah. it's or you think it's crap or bullocks. Okay, you say BS. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. all right, all right. Good. Let's do it. Number one, meditation should be part of the elementary school curriculum. Yes, double yes. Number two, Nico, who's your brother, is a better meditator than Christopher. Yes. <laughs> well, most people would say that you can't. Classify meditation. There is no good or bad meditation. Okay, I, I say more consistent. More consistent. Oh yes. Oh okay. yes. Okay. All right. Number three, humility is more important than knowledge. Well, I mean, humility and humiliation are obviously all derived from the same term. I'm not sure without humility whether you can ever acquire knowledge. Ah, now we're getting somewhere, folks. So, <laughs> Therein lies I, the trick question. Good, but, I agree. But I, yeah, but I well, it, if you well, if if knowledge <laughs> is important, humility is required because without humility, we can't be curious, I guess, or at least open to new ideas. Um, it's kind of like chicken or egg. I'm calling. I'm calling the fifth on that one. I just, <laughs> I mean, no, a world without knowledge. A world without knowledge isn't no place to be. You no, know, right? But, uh, no. I think they're equally important. Can I say yes? S. Sure. Okay. All right. Number four. Social media is antisocial. Yes. <laughs> you want to expound on that? I just want to leave it. No, I do actually, because I think that, um, ironically, the term social network has got a really bad rap because of the big blue network, yeah. right? I don't think, I mean, 
they've done studies, you know, there's nothing less social than spending 10 minutes on Instagram. It's the most, um, <laughs> you know, but in actual fact, I like to think, I mean, to me, they're all these, they're antisocial networks because they're narcissistic and voyeuristic in their, you know, that's ultimately what they become. Yeah. Um, um, Insight Timer, I actually think he's probably one of the few genuine social networks where you feel better about yourself 20 minutes after you've used the app than you did before you got on. Um, so social networks are actually great when they're social, mm-hmm. um, compassionate, and actually designed to lift you up. Mm. Um, but most social networks are not designed to do that. Um, they're designed to extract extract uh, funds from your pocket. Well, they're designed <laughs> to hit you with a, to give you a little dopamine hit every time you open the app. There's mm. that great book about um, forming habits on the um, with apps, um, which is why a lot of those meditation apps ping you every day and say it's time to meditate. Okay, um, but you know, I mean, Instagram and Facebook have teams of scientists who actually sit there and observe user behavior and try and work out how they can introduce more dopamine into your system each time you open the app, oh right? Boy. Wow. And I, just, just think just yeah, think about that sentence. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I hope my listeners right. are thinking about it. Right? And it's like, I mean, for 50 years, Big Tobacco spent time working out how they could get nicotine into your body, and the device that they used happened to be a cylindrical piece of tobacco with a called a cigarette, but it was actually all the chemicals that they wrapped into that cigarette that was really the carcinogenic effects. And now you've got this. This is just what really upsets me because <laughs> you know. But now you've got the best and brightest minds in the world, scientists, and they're all getting paid by big tech companies to do what? Right? Mm. They're not trying to solve global warming. They're not trying to. They're trying to get you to click on ads more effectively. It's just a big brain drain Mm. because they can afford to. Anyway, there we go. That's my next answer. (laughs) I think you're enjoying this, Christopher. Yeah. yeah, No one ever wants to listen to me, so I'm just talking to you, so (laughs) keep. All right. Number five. (laughs) <laughs> in five years, Insight Timer will be a paid app. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to clarify. Sorry, I should have said BS. Can I say shit on your... I'll just Oh, uh, yeah, shit is okay. Uh, no, I want to clarify. You will be able to buy things on Insight Timer because we need to do that to create a sustainable business. But everything on the app that you can do right now, which is the largest free guided meditation catalog on the planet, the world's best timer, the community groups, the support, the stats, all of that will always be free. So I'm calling bullshit, man. Great. (laughs) Great. Number six. Uh, mm, Interesting. Number six. In business. Consciousness and cash cannot occupy the same space. Um, that's definitely BS. Okay. Although no one's proved it yet. 
Um, in fact, the reason why one of our one of our investors, a guy called Bo Shao, uh, Chinese American, my age, very successful at sort of twenty five thirty. Um, that's the reason why he actually invested in Insight Timer, um, because Nico and I kind of the premise of this was conscious and commercial have to coexist. Sure. The big problem is mostly nowadays you have either conscious or commercial. The conscious entities that have no commercial footprint tend to become hobbies because no one pays for them. They sort of they sort of disintegrate over time, right? Yeah. Because they don't have a combustible engine yeah. that's keeping them running. Sure. Um, commercial entities, purely commercial entities, like banks, for example, <laughs> um, <laughs> eventually we believe nature just won't support them, right? Mm. There's no company that's been around for a thousand years, right? Because what happens is eventually they just get, they also reach a level of entropy, if you like, because they're just purely about profit. Mm. Now, those companies that actually try and achieve both, really we think, um, and there's not many of them, but they're out there, um, they're the ones that we think are going to be the beacons on the hill, right? Where profit's not cash, as you called it in your question, it's not the only metric. It's one metric, but it's all about flow, as I talked about right at the start. Um, uh, so conscious and cash, conscious and commercial, it's not can coexist. They have to coexist, right? Yeah. If they don't, we've got no hope, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so so, I'm, so I can't remember how you phrased the question, but yes, they can coexist and they have to. <laughs> the question was... Uh... In business, consciousness and cash cannot occupy the same space. And you said, yes, yes, they can. And yes, they must. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, man. Number seven. I actually think I know your answer to this because it was something I heard you say. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a great quote. Number seven. Attraction is better than promotion. No, be uh, attraction. Is, yeah, totally. Yes, 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 yes. yes. yes, yes. That's, I mean, that, that's, that's. Those words sit up on the wall in my Bali office because, mm. um, I mean, that's actually something I think that comes out of one of the steps in the 12 steps of recovery for AA. But oh. um, I think, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure it is, or at least I know that that's one of the premises of, re- of recovery, um, which is sort of if you had to summarize Insight Timer's marketing strategy, which we don't have, and the reason why is because we believe that attraction <laughs> is better. And what that really means is, I said at the start, is if you're still and you're true to your product and you believe in what you're doing and you do it consciously, eventually people will find their way to you. Yeah. Um, now, a company like Headspace that makes $50 million a year and does a lot of promotion and stuff, that works fantastically for them today but what we think long term actually is the reason why people spend five times more yeah. time on our app than at Headspace is because we haven't paid them to come to our app we haven't advertised to them right. they've ended up on our app they've probably come through Headspace or someone and they finally arrive at our big front door Okay, and they're like huh these people aren't selling to me they're just the door's open so <laughs> Attraction is a billion times better than promotion. Boom. Boom. <laughs> All right. Um, I think, you know what? I, I want to end on this question I was going to ask you earlier, but I think this is a good place to, 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 to place this. 
good place to to ask it. Um, you know, we talk about meditation leading to higher le- levels of consciousness. Um, how would you describe what you know what that means to you in terms of to elevate your consciousness? What does that mean to to Christopher Plowman? So. I'll tell you, I was going to say it's a funny story. You might not find it funny. It's an interesting story, but tell, I, was in San Fran- I was in San Francisco three years ago at the Wisdom 2.0 conference. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's kind of where consciousness and tech all come together. It's a really sort of weird experience because you've got people walking around in sandals and you have VC <laughs> bankers. And I think two years ago there was a bunch of Tibetan monks constructing a mandala in the foyer. Like, <laughs> wow. Um, it's a really eclectic mix. It's kind of this microcosm of sort of the city outside, you know. San Francisco is this amazing mix of everything, really, and this is what this conference is about. Yeah. Anyway, um, I got an email from a guy called Bo Sheo, who's ended up being one of a very good friend of mine and Insight Timers, one of, one of our two main investors, and I had no idea what he was, and I get emails all the time from people, and I just ignored it. <laughs> he says, I'd like you to contact me. Um, and I ignored him. And then he emailed me two days ago and says, maybe you should Google me. Oh. <laughs> Which I did. And I thought, oh, this guy's an interesting chap. So I rang him and he said, could you please come and can, can we meet? And I said, I can't. I'm flying back to Bali tonight. Um, and his house is on the way to the airport. So he says, will you come and have tea with me at my house on the way to, to the airport? Yeah. I was like, yep. Okay, because we were trying to raise some money at the time. Uh, and I just arrived at his house and he's a very unassuming, very astute sort of highly intellectual person. But we sat down, I remember, in his house, big house. Yeah, <laughs> big monstrosity. And, and No, it's not a monstrosity. It's a beautiful house, but it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's big. And he said, tell me, Christopher, what is consciousness to you, right? Mm. How do you find consciousness? Mm. And I was exhausted. I've been in this conference. I just want to get on the plane. I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to answer this question properly. <laughs> I'll go to the <laughs> and I waffled on for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just very politely sat there and looked at me. And he finally said after I'd stopped waffling, he said, I think consciousness is connection. And it mm. kind of struck me because I think it's the best way to describe it, right? There's that great piece of research. You remember those old, you might not know this, and you're a first responder, you know, for emergencies. Um, Sure. I don't know, was it 30 years ago or so, the drug-free America ads on television about cocaine being, you know, bad drug and drugs cause addiction. Sure, yep. And then in about, some, some guy ran this experiment to prove that drugs caused addiction, I think back in the 70s, where he got a, a mouse and he stuck the mouse in a cage and gave him two sets of water. One was cocaine water and one was normal water. And after a few weeks, the mouse became sort of addicted to the cocaine water and fell over dead. And that was his proof that we're sort of inherently prone to addiction, biologically speaking. Sure. And then... I think it was in the 90s, a professor, I think he was a psychology in Vancouver, a guy called Bruce Alexander maybe, kind of actually said, I think there's something odd about this experiment, right? All your rats in all your tests live on their own in this 
bloody cage, right? And so what he did is he built Rat Park, not Mice Park, right? We like the fun <laughs> water slides and the roller wheels and the great food. And he did the same thing. He put he put cocaine water and um, normal water uh, all around the park. Yeah. And, of course, what he found is that uh, 95% of the mice never even touched the cocaine water mm. and no mice actually died from cocaine abuse, right? And his conclusion was is that actually drugs don't cause addiction. Lack of connection with others, right, is what leads to addiction, right? Yeah. A feeling of loneliness, sure. of separation, of rejection, um, and there's kind of like I've just sort of listed two stories there, but they all come together, right, really at the centre of Insight Timer because mm. I think the reason why the people stay on our app is because there is that connection with others. We have this big community, and I think that's what consciousness is. I think, you know, we get some people who say, oh, it's so silly that you have, you know, that you can see who's meditating with you on the app. <laughs> and a lot of those people are new meditators because they say meditation is a solitary experience. <laughs> and the thing is meditation can be a solitary experience, but what we find is the longer people meditate, the more they open up, Sure. right? And the more actually, the more conscious they become. And as a conscious being, you're much more receptive to others. You're much more compassionate towards others. Um and I'm not sure if I've been very concise, Seiko, in my answer there, but I think no, that's what consciousness is. I think it's, it's connection. connection. Yeah, you've said it well. It's connection. Uh, that's um, well said. Uh, so that's my answer. Okay. Consciousness is okay. connection. Consciousness is connection. As we are connected to all, all my listeners and you and I are connected, even though we're thousands of miles apart. Um, yep. I think this is a good a good place to stop. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation, Chris. This is, Christopher, excuse me. This has been yes. great. This has been great. Um, I'm wishing you a lot of success uh, with your with the app and hoping that uh, it remains free, as you said. You told me it was, it was BS that it was ever you were ever going to charge, yeah. and yeah. that you can continue to create a community um, where people can come feel loved, and then also you can also create sort of a a monetizing space for the for the spiritual teachers so they can continue to do their work. So, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it too. No, I, absolutely, uh, it's been a real treat. Thank a you. Absolutely. Tell the people how they can, uh, other than through the app, is there any way they can uh, find out some more information about the app or contact uh, you or you on uh, Instagram or, or probably not Facebook? <laughs> to get the app, it's easy. Just go to app stores, either one, and type in Insight Timer. We also have an Instagram account and a Facebook yeah. account because. It's just you have to. That's one of the problems with social media. <laughs> right, um, anti-social media. The best way to understand what we're all about is to go to the App Store and download the app and try us out. It's free. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, man. As I always say, the truth will set you free if you let it.